Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 28th of June 2021. I'll start this week with an all-seed rape price, which, as I mentioned last week, had gone below 400. Well, today, as I record, it is valued for harvest around about 415 to 420. So exciting up-and-down markets with oilseed rape. So pick your moment. Is this your moment? Add your premium to it. Is it a really good price? Is it a really good yield? Goodness knows. Anyway, here we are back in a very nice place. I'm not going to talk about rape this week any more than that. Moving on to feed wheat. Feed wheat prices for old crop are on the floor relatively. So I would say if you had some old crop feed wheat left in East Anglia at the moment, it's worth in the region of £185 a tonne. Not many buyers. There is some trade to be done. And there's also some excitement to come in mid-July because harvest is a little later in the UK, as most of you know, but it's also a little later across the bulk of the continent. So the guaranteed arrival of French wheat the 15th of July I think will struggle so they'll make up a reason why they couldn't quite load it but the reality is they aren't going to be cutting very much new crop on time for those boats to be loaded so that'll be interesting to see how that one unfolds if someone puts a boat in for loading if the wheat is there may well be old crop they shove on board just to make it happen who knows but if that is the case there is a few consumers still to buy and depending on how late harvest actually is could mean that there's a bit of fun and games to be had the weather forecast ongoing is going to be critical to that one I personally would not be trading off a short book even though the market is falling down around my ears because I don't want to let any of my consumers down and I certainly want to make sure I've got a bit up my shirt just in case the early deliveries of next year, you know, someone, one of my mates on the consumer side needs something, then I'll have something there to offer them. So cautiousness whilst trying not to have too much being held at the end is the game. In the farmer's case, if you want your store emptied, you aren't going to get it movement next week because everybody wants that and the June contracts have been held over are going at that point. But you've got enough time with a later harvest to get your store cleaned and sell the grain. But I wouldn't hang around trying to get an extra thruppance out of it. I'd just get on with selling it. So moving on to new crop on feed wheat, market is under pressure, obviously prospects are looking better, the sentiment is bearish, the world seems to be satisfied that the northern hemisphere is improving, there's plenty of rain in key places, so we have the States down, we have Europe down, we have the UK down, yes there are weather forecasts that could change things, we talk about that in the market chat, it's just Ben and I having a bit of a catch up on a hot afternoon a couple of days ago and we really we talk around how you could be pulled in either direction on weather forecasts and it's what a weather market is. It's either fantastically brilliant or fantastically awful depending on whether you get it right or wrong. So market value futures trading at this moment at 169 so I'd put X farm feed wheat at 162 for November and I would put at a squeeze you could still make 160 delivered to a store for immediate movement for feed wheat at harvest time now depending on how you look at life 160 pounds a tonne for feed wheat on a crop that's going to yield quite well is going to beat the budget that you wrote down in the first place but greed and fear 
On the subject of delivering into store at harvest time, just double check the clauses and the claims that some companies have in terms of A, the movement period, but B, where their claims are. If a store has to dry grain, it does cost money, but what are their charges for kilo weights if there's a problem with those? Just have a little look at those or ask that question. Don't forget to ask that question or check the terms and conditions of the company. Ours are on our app or on our website and people can clearly see what we charge and how we do it. So hopefully other people will be very clear on what they're charging also. Milling premium for new crop wheat is around £20 a tonne. My wise advice, being a person who's seen plenty of ex-grain traders in the graveyard on this subject... Don't sell milling wheat premium at this point. I appreciate you have a very good looking crop and if you stick £20 onto the base price and you get yourself, oh, look at that, I can make all that money, God might decide to ditch a bucket load of rain on your crop five days before you harvest it and flatten it and then continue raining on it all the way through the time you try and get it and you'll have no Hagberg and you'll have a default and the premium for milling wheat will be £50 a tonne, not 20 So you may as well sit it out now. I don't see any point in committing to that premium unless someone is dim enough to give you a premium that doesn't get defaulted, then in which case then bite the hand off. Feed barley, old crop, there is still life in the old girl. So 175x, it's slipping down. If you compare that with the harvest movement price of 140, it's a £35 premium to get it sold now and get out your hair. Quite what you're waiting for, I don't know if you've got some still to sell, but there it is. It's still a great price at the tail end. Again, if you were Mr. Gambler, you might just see a bit of life in the 15th, 20th of July if this harvest is delayed a bit more and no feed barley comes forward at any pace there might be a few people for a odd load that pays a bit too much money but personally with a 35 pound drop to new crop values i wouldn't be playing that game other than that the sentiment is bearish on new crop on growing rain warmth in the forecast we're looking good looking good for a good crop we've been saying that for a few weeks now and one or two people are saying that you can still see the rows in the crops and some of them that were planted late the average isn't going to be that wonderful i'm saying optimistically lots of sunshine really good kilo weight we're going to be really pleased with what comes forward. What we're up to at the moment this week is year-end for our business on the 30th, and we're emptying stores at the moment, which is the job that storekeepers have for the first time for a number of years, with the exception of some special wheat that we've got held back for somebody and a little bit of barley. We will be empty, more empty than we've been for a very long time. That hasn't been helped by, if you like, the schoolyard bully sort of playing a contractual small print clause in carrying stuff from June until July because everyone's conscious they want to get their stores empty. And if someone has in their terms that they can shift it into the next month for 50p, more fool you for believing them in the, the fact that they might move it contractually at the right time. So not overly impressed with that particular trick from the fat boy. But hey, I'm sure they'll move it nice and soon in July and not keep it in the way so we can actually get our store cleaned down. But uh, on that particular issue, I'm a little bit twisted and in my opinion, that's simply not cricket, old boy. And while we're on the subject of Englishness and cricket, we'll move on to another very, very personal English experience. And I mentioned this to Ryan from ADM, who's a South African. I said he can experience the true benefit of what we go through as English people, because this week England play Germany in a competition. And what will happen is we will draw nil-nil or 1-1, so we get a goal to celebrate, which will raise our heartbeat for a moment, only to see them equalise in the last minute go to penalties and then we will lose on penalties if you know that's going to happen then you can kind of cope with it 
If anything happened contrary to that, I think that there'd be several heart attacks and overwhelming emotion. But the reality is, on Tuesday night, Germany won, England won, Germany win 7-6 on penalties. I look forward to being really wrong on that one. That would be the best prediction ever to be wrong on, but that's the way I see it going. Anyway, with that slightly sad thought, have a great week's trading. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications informing you on what Dewing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Dewing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download and with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. And now it's time for Farm Chat. This week's market chat is just Ben and myself. So good afternoon, Ben. Hello, Andrew. It's the end of the day's trading on Wednesday. So we're two days out of date when we record it and five days, six days wrong when people actually listen to this. Let's just go with that. (laughs) So first things first, let's crack open a bottle of that stuff, the cold stuff I got out of the fridge that we've left there for about 18 months not drinking because it's called apple beer and it just doesn't seem right, does it? I don't know, it doesn't smell right, but here we go. It's a hot afternoon. Well, we might as well have that to make us not cough quite so much and give the editing team a little less effort in cutting out all of my coughs and snuffles. So I'm going to have a sip of that, then we're going to crack on. So, graph apple beer. Tastes like... 4.5%. Beer. Luckily it's been in the fridge. It's all right, isn't it? Why invent something like that? This last week, we've been looking at weather reports, haven't we? Yes, an abundance of weather. And you could, whichever way you read them, they could be bullish, they could be bearish. And we've got about, I don't know, every person we speak to, either consumer or farmer, they've also been looking at weather reports and Twitter. And uh, boy, we've had some good advice, haven't we? No. <laughs> no, we have. Somewhere amongst that is the accurate truth. Well, yeah. That's the point. And even the most informed are going to be wrong on some of this stuff, aren't they? Well, the volatility in the American markets has continued. The big swings, you'll leave the office and the American markets will be up. You'll turn on the screen in the morning and they're down. <laughs> and it's like, OK, what's the trend there? Yeah, it's not, we're not just talking about like £1.50, are we? We're talking about a yeah. fiver or tenner or something ridiculous. And it's like, oh. There's one thing I've been right on. I know I'm right on something. Yeah. A few weeks ago, I was talking about relying on the French. And I don't mean betting on them beating Hungary. I mean, when it comes, the chips are down and you run out of wheat, you need the French to supply it. And I said, you know, 15th of July, we're going to be looking very keenly at them. Well, first things first, we aren't relying on them because there does seem to be a bigger surplus. So I was wrong on that. We'll start with that. I was wrong. And come back in with a guaranteed 15th of July arrival? I don't think so. No. Harvest is late. A little late everywhere. And I think that it might be vaguely interesting for a week in the middle of July before the French new crop comes in and, you know, actually fitting the bits and pieces to trade for the July book. It's going to be certainly on its backside at the moment and the market is kind of mid 
F-190s delivered for East Anglia, although there's good demand up north still to the Ensis plant. That's um, true, yeah. Down here we've got enough in Kent, there's certainly enough in the future store. You know, the future store stuff is being offered very cheaply. There is a point at which it fits if you can find the haulies, and that's the other thing. July is struggling yeah. with people saying, we can't get the lorries. Yes, there seems to be the haulage that is being booked. It's being booked for long journeys, travelling up and down the country which I think shows you where the demand for the wheat is going. Well, a little bit of late harvest over here will mean there's a few lorries kicking about wheat commencing 7th of July. We normally have barley rolling by then. Even driving through the Breckland area at the weekend, normally that sandy old stuff is dead by now, mm-hmm. and it's still got lots of green in it. So that's going to take a good three weeks to come. Mm. And that being the case, that's at least a week behind schedule. So that might just make it a bit tight on feed barley still. If it knocks on onto the wheat, then the same lateness, but that's obviously assuming we don't get a hairdryer finish, which is possible as well, isn't it? Well, at the minute, either thing's possible, isn't it? Hairdryer finish or... I've had one person say to me today that Siberia has got the potential of a big high pressure coming eastwards, bringing a wind with it, that once it gets set in place, it's happened in the past, it pushes some very hot, very dry temperatures through into the Black Sea region, which, Mm. you know, I don't know whether this is right or wrong, I haven't looked it up. I'll just stop looking. But if what they're saying is true, it's not going to affect the wheat crop because the wheat crop's well enough on as it is, but it will have an impact on the corn crop. And corn, there is still a story there, but, I mean, the Chinese are saying they're actively trying to reduce the amount of corn they use in their rations. Mm, yeah. But... They're still buying everything. They're still they? using it. And, <laughs> and um, bought a wad of soybeans this week. Yeah, but the other thing this week is we have seen the Chinese actively disrupting markets. They're telling their banks to get rid of speculative positions, and that could be in anything. That was one of the day's movements. The market cacked out on, was it Monday or was it last week? It was this week. I think it was either Monday or Tuesday. I mean, no one was quite sure how many positions the Chinese banks held in Chicago corn or wheat, but certainly the market had a major drop. And it was on the back of the government saying to these smaller banks, do not speculate in commodities. I've now read a report saying that the Chinese have set up some kind of commission to go and talk to various growers or growing groups in China to say, yeah, you're not to hoard or speculate on commodities. So that's pretty interesting. There's pressure there. Mm. I think the market went down the day they did it and then bounced the next day, didn't it? Yeah. And then came down again yeah. the day after that. So it has really been quite violent movements, if that was what the influence was. But again, we don't know that, do we? The only headline we did see was that they basically kicked out a load of Bitcoin miners from China. Kicked out? What do you mean? Well, apparently there was all these people mining Bitcoin in China. Mm-hmm. And China have said, no, you're not allowed to do that. These are Chinese people. Yeah, and, and apparently they're all going to go over to America and mine Bitcoin. So the Chinese people have been expatriated. Yes. And America's welcomed them. And Americans have said, don't worry, you can mine Bitcoin here. It's because it, you need huge amounts of power to do it. Yeah, which is where the world is in trouble, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Nuts. So we've got weather... That's happened. We've got politics, the Chinese making an announcement which makes everyone stop speculating. What other politics have we had? I don't want to go on about Brexit, but that's <coughs> just... Uh, well, it's been a long time since we have, but yeah, neither do I. It's the sausage wars, you know. Still. <laughs> oh, hee-haw. England are through on the football, so there we go. Yeah, about as boring as talking about Brexit, that. <laughs> um, yeah, let's have an opinion on that, because you weren't watching it, were you, Ben, on the basis of being too posh? <laughs> Oh, that's just, yes, whatever. It's an yeah. assessment that the working <laughs> Englishman watches England regardless of all the years of suffering they've had. And I am of a certain age where I was alive when they won the World Cup, but not conscious. My dad sent me outside because I was being too disruptive, age four. So, 
Ever since then, I've watched them miserably. Have the occasional highlight where we get to a semi-final, but beat the Dutch 4-1. Yeah, but once. I think even your sons even said they gave up watching football with you because you were so miserable. Yeah, and I was so predicting what would happen next, how we're going to lose the Germans on penalty. Yeah, Joshua and I'm not watching football with you. <laughs> been banned. And uh, I was right. That's what really probably oh, pissed him he's, he's now, now he's come to terms with what it's like to be an English football supporter. He watches it now and he's prepared to watch it with me. But I'm not allowed to say anything. <laughs> Which must be very hard for you. Yeah, as I say, if you've been through crying when they got knocked out of the 1974 World Cup by Poland by this clown of a goalkeeper that saved it with the back of his head and everything else. So it's never been as bad as that, but it has been emotional for someone who likes that. Yeah. But the fact you didn't watch it is... You know. I watched the second half. Okay, yeah. Anyway, but let's not dwell <clears> on that. So... Weather, politics, politics, not prepared to talk about that. Webby gone to Scotland again. Yeah, Webby fishing again. Let's talk about the bumper crop. It's going to be a bumper. I've had dispute Ooh. with farmers on this. Some people are saying it's not going to get to their average because they had to put spring wheat in and, and therefore that's going to let them down. But I've got other people saying their spring wheat they planted has never, ever tillered as much. It will never, ever yield as much as this year's. It's going to rain again at the weekend. And we're going to have a crop that has not only tillered, taken up the nutrients, this is spring barley and spring wheat, yeah. but it's got enough there to sustain those what? extra tillers. Mm. So at what point does it need or can it stop raining when it doesn't matter? Now, all right, July the 1st is probably a bit too early, bearing in mind how late the crop is. But the weather forecast is brilliant UV light today and tomorrow a bit, and then rain. And then we've got better weather coming again, haven't we? Which is what it needs. And is it going to be no rain from then onwards? Possibly that could do some damage. But right now, this crop, if you just traded UK, the UK wheat crop has gone from sub 14 million tonnes in February, when we were looking at it, and it looked terrible, to 15 million. You think it's going to be 15? I am saying, Blimey. on the basis of my long and... Distinguished. That's the word. Career. career. That this is very similar to 1984. And in that year, the crop looked awful until the combine went in the field. And there were so many heads, and every single head was full to the right. brim. Every single grain site had an 82 kilo weight grain in it. It was a monster considering where they were at beforehand. They had no idea it was coming. Okay. And one or two farmers, you know, snuck in the office and had a little chat and said, I don't own much storage here, but, you know, if I had a bit of surplus, would you be able to cope with it? Ah, yeah, we can cope. Of course we can, sir. You could do with buying some storage office, but, yeah, no, okay, I'll go with that. So all I need now is the bumper crop. I just need the wet harvest to go with it. Cheap quality storage. (laughs) I need the stores to make some money out of bloody drying. Excuse my French. Yeah, no, I think it's a big crop. Okay, I don't fully agree with you. Forget if I was wrong and remind you if you were wrong, which is my job. (laughs) The other thing is the malting barley crop. Obviously, the spring barley crop is the same as the spring wheat crop we were just talking about. The tillers on that, the potential of the grain to be big and bold at this moment is optimum. Certainly, Mm. the winter barley is going to be a very bold crop, and those crops are leaning. They're not falling over. Some people say it's flat. Well, flat is proper flat. This is just like leaning in key areas, and it's got a way to go. Days like today will make it stand up a bit more. The actual berry size, the grain size, is superb. Will be, yeah. So screenings, no screening problems. There's a nice dreamy start to the season. (sighs) Talking up trouble. The other thing is, because of the volume of heads and because of the spread of the nutrients throughout the whole of a plant and the increased grain yield, 
Low nitrogens. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, please. And, you know, all I then need is I've asked for the wet harvest. I'll accept a wet harvest on the wheat crop just to earn some money for the store. But I'd like the barley to come in without any hiccups or wet and dry miseries. Just a really easy... A run, a nice smooth run on that. Yeah, Yeah, but I do think we're going to be tight on storage. It'll be the opposite of last year. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, last year was unprecedented at how small the crop was, really. Well, I can tell you that our figures, our little old business, which is, uh, you know, as, as everyone knows, it's only a... A couple minnow. of guys in a shed. Yeah. So, normally, we trade in the region of quarter of a million tonnes, give or take, sort of 238, 250,000 tonnes a year. Yeah. This season, the harvest size, and the predominantly it's gone missing, the area it's gone missing is the wheat crop which went from our normal sort of 140, 150,000 tonnes down to about 88 to 95. It'll be, by the time we've loaded everything, about 90,000 tonnes, which is 60,000 tonnes down. Our year-end tonnage will be something in the region of 190. We grew technically with customers, and the the old poddy has helped on that. There's been people listening to the podcast who've joined us. Yeah. Because we sound really... Intelligent. Fun. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's the fun aspect and the, the, yeah, intelligent. All right, Ben. So we've gained from that. We gained from the app, which has been a good one. So that we're expecting a bigger tonnage. But the actual performance of the year, you know, you take two hundred and forty thousand down to one hundred and eighty. Mm. That's enough of a drop. We've managed to make money through skillful trading, or whatever you want to call it. We've had to pay for storage we didn't use. We've had all sorts of things against us. We've had yeah. to reduce our staff size. You know, we shrunk the size <clears> of the business. But this coming year, it would be a treat to have back up to bumper full whack. And not only for us, for a lot of the bigger companies out there have bigger overheads. You know, you need to have the bigger crop to spread the costs. The topic of conversation there is the pressure must be on the whole of the grain trade for the 2020-21 season to have made a profit in that period is going to be an extremely big challenge. I think a lot of guys will struggle to achieve it. Our year end is one week from... Today? uh, Yeah, it is, a week today. And we know we're going to make a profit now, which is kind of like managed to get to relax the last week. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone can have coffee again now. <laughs> Sugar? No. Um, um, in fact, we're so well off, we're going to have that second beer now. Should we crack that open? Oh, right, okay. Yeah, now this one I am looking forward to. All right. Sourdough. Yeah, I hope it isn't sour. Okay, it is brewed by... See, the real sad truth is I don't even know... I can't remember who bought these. Crumbs Brewing. Crumbs Brewing. Yes, okay, so Crumbs Brewing in Surrey. Mm, I bet this is expensive. Because of its Surrey, yes, Rygate. This is beer using leftover artisan bread. Oh, from the Chalk Hills Bakery. So the bread was expensive. Yeah, didn't sell it. <laughs> yeah. What should we do with this mouldy old Maybe. stuff? <laughs> right, get right. it into a beer, Barney. That's what they've done. So it's good to know we're drinking rich people's bread that didn't make it into the shop. Well, it's like drinking champagne to celebrate the year-end profit, isn't it? <laughs> Does it taste like mouldiness? Bit dodged that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, you can definitely taste that it is leftover <laughs> artisan bread. Yeah. Interesting. Or at least it's sustainable. But yeah, it's sustainable. So you're not checking the bread out. No. Poor old birds aren't eating it. We're not going to put that on our top ten list, are we? Sadly not. No. Hard to know how you'd improve its taste, but anyway. Well, it doesn't sound a very good sale, does it? sourdough leftovers yeah no they could have left that out of the blurb actually using leftover artisan bread Mm. yeah doing our problem for food waste but maybe not for beer waste 
Yeah, I think we've highlighted in this conversation that it's very difficult to really get an accurate assessment of what happens next with the grain market because the weather is pulling in all sorts of different directions at the same time. And I'd say 25% of the people predicting what's going to happen are going to be correct. 25% are going to be completely wrong. And the other 50% will sort of just about cover their blushes. It is impossible to call it. I know that lots of really highly informed companies have got a very certain view of it. But I guarantee even they will get something badly wrong with it. Yeah. Because that crop size could be a lot bigger than they thought, could be a lot lower than they thought, and it still could get ruined in the next two minutes, couldn't it? And not only that, Andrew, we still have this quality issue because we've been reading about, you know, the States has started cutting winter wheat. Mm. And... What is blatantly obvious there is that the proteins are lower and the bushel weights are lower. So the quality of the American winter wheat isn't that great. And the quality of the wheat cut in the Northern Hemisphere has got issues with rain appearing at the wrong moment. So there's mycotoxin issues and fusarium, etc. has already been flagged as being an issue. And not only that, I think the Chinese went and bought 250,000 tonnes of Australian wheat new crop, haven't they? Or booked We've got to hope the Australians don't fall out with the Chinese again, because that's where the bulk of their beef goes. And now we've got 35,000 tonnes of it coming every year straight away into the UK. It'll shag the beef market. So the trade deal's gone on, regardless. Yeah. Hey, And that's the open door to whoever wants to do a trade deal with the UK, isn't it? As predicted, yeah. under the bus we go. But there's been one really very positive thing that we were quite sceptical about, and that is Jeremy Clarkson's farm prog. Yeah, that has actually been... I mean, you have to ignore the, the fact that he's a millionaire in his own right. That's nothing against that. No, no, but, you know, he's not relying on the farm for his sole income. No, but it has been good. He could have been an utter play to the crowd that he knows bloke. He could have been feeding lambs yeah. and how cuddly it all is. The real <laughs> hero of that programme is Caleb. <laughs> he's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant, yeah. yeah. Well, the fact that he, I guess they've encouraged him to talk openly with Jeremy Clarkson, because <laughs> I don't know many farmers who would have not sacked him, because you can't do that to a farmer, because they're way too not prepared to be spoken to like that. So credit yeah. to Jeremy Clarkson for allowing Caleb to go, we'll have a sign on this field that says, Jeremy planted this and <laughs> Caleb planted this. <laughs> that programme potentially could have been... Really damaging to farming. It yes. really could have been a twee, Mickey take, and emphasise just how cushy it all is really, and they get lots of subsidy sort of job. And he's actually highlighted the hours worked, the weather against him, and he's felt it. You can see he's really been tired yeah. and grumpy about it. And he's been very open, hasn't he? Like, you know, the decision with the sheep was a disaster. As he stood there, and right, yes, I've just made another bad business decision there. Took on a shepherd, took on some sheep. Yeah. You sell all the sheep, you end up with nothing, a loss. Yeah. What was the point? And the actual ones that were barren, that they had to go to the... To when slaughter. he left the abattoir, it might seem to be, right, oh, that's easy, I just did that, that's all about money. It isn't he all struggled. about money. He struggled, he wasn't talking, because he was welling up, he could not speak. Well, that was quite amusing when he, well, not amusing, but yeah, when he said, right, I'm just going to say goodbye, and the bloke went, oh, I think it's a bit late. <laughs> To the general population, the important thing was seeing him in that state, wasn't it? I was really pleasantly surprised. I haven't watched all of them yet. I just thought I couldn't be bothered. Uh, You know, I wasn't interested. But Tess watched it. 
And said she watched the whole series, said it was brilliant. Yeah, my wife really enjoys it. She doesn't actually like Jeremy Clarkson that much. He isn't being his normal... He's learning, isn't he? He's had a go at doing things in a way that logic dictates. That's a good idea, like someone who wouldn't know. And then all of a sudden, there is a reason for all of the things that are done. Yeah. So there's a 21-year-old lad who keeps having his hair cut in a different style. He's saying, what are you doing that for? And he gets it after the event, which is, as I say, I think it's actually done farming. If we're really honest, the world of good. I'm very impressed with it. I think it's nailed all of the things that you feel people don't understand or listen about for farmers. That He's actually brought them to the surface and let people work <coughs> out it isn't all as cushy as they think. And he's good at highlighting the bureaucracy as well with his, oh, here's my 10 forms to move three sheep and, mm. oh, I need a form for that. and oh, Which, you know, again, bureaucracy is everywhere in our lives now. Yeah, I think we need to trade with old Jeremy, don't we? Well, we should get him on the podcast and then... Oh, blimey, I'd be too scared. Oh. No, he'd be like, I'd have to put, let you do it, Ben. Oh, I don't know. No, no. Yeah, exactly. He'd slaughter... He's, he's a utter professional. We should get Caleb on. That'll be better. <laughs> yeah, well, we what understand. do you want to read books for? <laughs> yeah, but that was great, wasn't it? Uh, anyway, with that, we're getting closer to harvest, but it is at least, as far as we're concerned, how many weeks away? Three weeks away. At least. So three weeks takes us to week commencing, I reckon 15th of July is a Thursday. I reckon that's about when we're going to get started. I don't think we'll see it over here before then. You'll know this by the time we get to wheat harvest. You can go back and tell me how wrong I was. But I don't think we'll see wheat in earnest in Aylsham until 8th to the 10th of August, which is late. That's my view, unless there's a hairdryer finish. So with that, all you boys without dryers wishing for a hairdryer finish... Yeah, have a great week's trading. I hope the sun keeps shining, the rain keeps falling, and the crop keeps getting bigger and bigger. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.